the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD, news from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and also uh, as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts and you can look up the Your Financial Editor program and uh, listen to uh, past Editions. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Hope you're well. something that we got this week uh, that I didn't mention. I just remembered um, quite a few retail earnings came our way and they were big names too. Uh, Walmart reported another quarter of higher sales. Some of their uh, prices uh, were uh, increasing, of course, for various products. Um, no surprise there because of inflation. These companies have to make a decision. Can they eat the cost or do they have to pass it on to you? Um, so um, we saw that. We also saw as sales were up 9.2% in the quarter compared to the same quarter a year ago um, that a lot of people started their Christmas shopping early. So they're worried about all of these backlogs and all of the uh, supply chain uh, disruptions and problems that we're having. So uh, that is another reason that we saw some of these big names like Walmart and Target, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, also two other huge names in the home improvement sector. Um, they were just, Home Depot, for example, they were just blown away what Wall Street was expecting. They had uh, really outstanding results in the third quarter and they made a lot of money. It looks like these do-it-yourselfers um, that's not going to end. That's not their expectation. You know, everybody said it's just because of the virus. People, since they're not going on vacation, they're making uh, choices to improve their um, homes. But uh, these executives at these big uh, retailers say that's not the case. You know, um, we talk a lot about inflation. U.S. consumer sentiment, according to the University of Michigan's latest number, plunged to a decade low in November. So it it fell um, all the way to 66.8 in November, down about 7% from October's final reading. So, um, you know, this is something, again, people are really worried about inflation. And these idiots that are in charge are acting like it's not a big deal. And even more so telling you, blatantly lying to you, that um, spending more money right now is not going to increase inflation even more. But uh, we know that that's just not the that's not true. It's not the case. We saw retail sales were up 1.7 percent in October. Again, people were starting early with the uh, Christmas shopping. Um, that's very, very uh, obvious, very apparent. So, um, you know, that's something that we're keeping a close eye on. Uh, we also saw that 268,000 people applied for initial jobless claims last week, 268,000. That was higher than the 260,000 that was expected by analysts. Um, and the previous week's number was revised higher by 2,000 more than what they originally told us. Um, this is not good. Still, you know, before the virus, we were at about 210,000, 220,000. Supposedly everything's better in the job market, it's, it's cranking. We're still at 268,000, and we have 10.4 million job openings. Something's not right. It's just not right. So um, when they tell you certain things about the economy and about how uh, America is humming along, 
Number one, you see it in the polls. I'll say it again. I've said it for decades. I'm not a poll person. I think it depends on who you ask and how you ask them. But every daggone poll out there is consistent. People are feeling pain from inflation or due to inflation. They're worried about the border. They're worried about record number of overdoses. They're worried about crime. They're worried about America's debt and how it's getting piled on more and more. All these polls tell us the same thing. Be different. You know, you can always cherry pick and say, okay, I'm going to go with this poll, ABC or CBS or the Wall Street Journal or whoever. But, I mean, it's every one of them that's saying the exact same thing. The only people that aren't saying it are the politicians, the elitist, that don't care. They just don't care. They just want to control everything, and that's all that matters to them, no matter what the cost is to the American people and to our children and grandchildren, obviously, because of the debt alone and what they're letting come into the country, letting people... It's terrible. Um, in just a couple minutes, my guest is going to be joining me, Mr. Hans von Spakowski. He's a senior legal fellow and manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, he's been at the Department of Justice. He's a former commissioner on the Federal Election Commission. He's been involved in election in the election process for over 30 years. Um, he served as a county election official administrating administrating. Um, elections in both Georgia and Virginia. And he's actually written a really good new book on elections. <laughs> I think it's going to open some eyes for sure. Just a quick reminder, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. The latest uh, white paper there is complimentary inflation in your retirement. Are you prepared for rising cost? Just go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, click that tab, and it's a complimentary download to your email. award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and also uh, go to uh, Apple Podcast and you can get the program as a podcast there. Oh, lastly, uh, don't forget to download the WFMD app for your uh, smart device, your telephone, tablet, whatever it may be. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Hope uh, you had a, a good week. And um, we have a good program laid out for you. We're going to be talking about some interesting top stories of this past week, some economic data, good and not so good. And also joining me in just a little bit, my guest, Mr. Mr. Uh, Fred Lucas. He's a White House correspondent and uh, chief national affairs correspondent for the Daily Signal. He's also the co-host of the Right Side of History podcast. We're going to be talking about a piece that he uh, wrote this week and how uh, Biden has tapped a fossil fuel industry critic for a very important role at the Federal Reserve. So we're going to be diving into that um, in just a little bit. An extremely large deal announced this week. Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard, um, that's the company that makes Call of Duty, the uh, the, the game 
for the Xbox, and, and it's a $68.7 billion acquisition. It's the biggest gaming industry deal in history so far. Uh, the deal, which was announced by Microsoft on Tuesday, is its biggest ever and set to be the largest all-cash acquisition on record. Uh, but it's really going to help Microsoft in the booming video game market where it's going to take on leaders like Tencent and Sony and others. And it just also represents this uh, this big bet on the metaverse, virtual online worlds where people can work, play, and socialize, uh, which is extremely scary and I think extremely bad for society. You're going to have people living in alternative uh, worlds where they can do whatever they want. Um, I think morally and uh, spiritually and, and just character-wise, it's going to be very negative for a lot of people to have that opportunity to act out and live a life in this virtual uh, space with no consequences whatsoever. So we'll see also if this deal gets done because Microsoft has avoided in the past um, the scrutiny of, of deals that would involve um, the uh, Federal Trade Commission and, and uh, some kind of uh, uh, antitrust type of issues. We'll see if the, the size of this is going to be uh, a problem for them and if they're able to get it done. Here's the good part for Activision. If they don't, if they have to wash their hands from this deal and walk away because they can't get it done, um, Activision gets $3 billion from Microsoft. Think about that. They're going to get paid if it doesn't work out that much money. So we'll keep an eye on it, let you know how things uh, are uh, kind of progressing. You know, we heard a lot this week uh, about inflation. It's ravaging uh, households. Um, I always say and remind people that it hurts the most vulnerable the worst. Uh, so if you're, on, if you're poor or if you're on a fixed income, um, you're a single mom out there, it's, uh, it's real time. It happens to you every single day with food, energy, electronics, apparel, uh, vehicles, you name it. So I saw this week that Harvard University professor Ken Rogoff was explaining why he believes inflation is not transitory. I'm just happy to say we were saying that back in March and April, that that was a very, very poor word to use and disingenuous, really. Um, I mean, if we knew it was not transitory or temporary is really what they were trying to say, uh, just used a fancier word, then you know the folks at the Federal Reserve with all of the MBAs and PhDs and all the models they build, they knew it as well. So I think it was very misleading. Uh, but again, Professor Rogoff was saying that there's no easy way to raise interest rates to fight inflation uh, when you see it as high as it is right now. Also, of course, you have the uh, stock markets um, priced pretty high after a really good year last year because of all the money sloshing around. Um, that's a little bit of a correction we saw this week. By the way, next week is the first Federal Reserve meeting of this brand new year, and they'll have eight throughout the year. Uh, so I think they're going to try to set the table next week and uh, do, hopefully, a good job on expectations. And then the market can kind of factor that in. And then the real risk is the Fed overreacting and driving the economy into a recession. So uh, it wasn't just Mr. Uh, Rogue or Professor Rogoff, also former National Economic Council Director Larry Lindsay. I watched an interview with him, and he was arguing that there's no chance, he said, 
of inflation decelerating uh, this year. So he, like many others, thinks this is going to go not only through the rest of this year, but uh, a lot of uh, analysts are saying into 2023. Um, What's the problem? Well, I mean, it's multi-pronged, obviously. Uh, The Federal Reserve put too much money into the system. Uh, The administration uh, has spent too much money. You know, when you start pushing out these trillion-dollar bills and get them passed, um, you're going to have inflation. Thank goodness they didn't get the last one that they were trying to get passed for another one point, whatever it was, $1.9 trillion in December because that would just make inflation even worse. So that was that silver lining, I guess, is that it didn't get done and it failed. Um, but also, like I saw uh, the American Trucking Association president this week, his name is Chris Spear, and he was arguing that the slow return to work is exact, uh, exacerbating the supply chain's ability to meet demand. Um, and, you know, you've got this chronic shortage of talent. And he said that's leaving cargo just sitting unused and unloaded at U.S. ports. So he said that he thinks they're at the edge of a cliff right now. He's not sure how this is going to work out. He obviously reminded us that this is uh, stemming from rewarding people not to return to work. He thinks that there's about an 81,000 driver shortage right now. But he also said, look, I know that's with every sector of employment now. You know, you just uh, there there are real problems in trying to get positions filled. Um, But he talked about bad policy, which, of course, we've seen this last year and how it's made inflation and the supply chain even worse. So we'll continue to keep our eye on that inflation. Again, you saw it this week with uh, fuel prices in particular uh, spiking up and uh, it's not done. You know, we're probably going to see uh, higher amounts um, of, uh, of fuel cost and energy cost, which is, you know, again, it's it's a real shame, especially for the people that are making decisions about food and energy and what they can do and what they can't do. Another bad part of the virus is that it, you know, I mean, there's so many bad parts, but the chairman of Credit Suisse, which is Switzerland's number two bank, had to resign effective immediately the beginning of this week because he broke the virus quarantine rules. So that's how bad this is. Got. You've got a guy that was in, he was just uh, appointed and hired a year ago to turn the bank around and to try to help. And I think things were going pretty well there. And then because of him not quarantining for the full, whatever it was, 10 days, and he decided to go to a tennis tournament, um, he had to resign. Doesn't that isn't that just a bizarre world that uh, we're living in right now? Some good news, at least for some states out there, Arizona and Texas have recovered all the jobs lost during the uh, the the virus pandemic. Um, So those two states uh, now join the ranks of Idaho and Utah for a full jobs recovery. So good for those four states and getting everybody uh, back to work. Also, we had kind of seen this coming but people had predicted an exodus from the coast, uh, both the, the left coast and the right coast, where Americans were getting out of uh, those states and cities and going more to the interior um, of the country because of better lifestyles, safety, better leadership, things of that nature. So it, the virus, basically, it seems like, according to some of the uh, uh, those that follow this very closely, it just sped it up. So um, but again, good for those four states for 
of being able to accomplish that. Something else that I saw this week that was really good, very positive, very strong, um, good leadership. West Virginia state treasurer, his name is Riley Moore, announced that his state would end the use of BlackRock. Uh, their investment fund, because BlackRock has this huge push for climate-focused investment strategies. So the the statement was, let me grab it here, um, as the state's chief financial officer and chairman of the Board of Treasury Investments, I have a duty to ensure the taxpayers' dollars are managed in a responsible, finan- financially sound fashion which reflects the best interest of our state and country. And I believe doing business with BlackRock runs contrary to that duty. That's what Mr. Moore said in a statement. He's spot on. He's, that's truth right there. So the treasurer's press release explained that the decision came in reaction to the reports that BlackRock uh, has urged companies to embrace net zero in, uh, investment strategies that would harm um, the energy sector while increasing investment in Chinese companies that subvert national interests and damage West Virginia's manufacturing base and job market. So, you know, you're talking BlackRock, if you're not familiar with that name, is the biggest asset manager in the world. Okay, they're responsible for $10 trillion. Larry Fink that runs BlackRock is just a wannabe. He was going to be Hillary Clinton's Treasury Secretary. That was like his life's goal. And, of course, that, thank goodness, blew up and never uh, had a chance to materialize. But some of the statements he's made the last couple years, I don't know how he stays there as CEO because he's an idiot. Um, And the things he said has said are so far out there that – you know, he's just, well, he's just digging himself a hole. Anyway, I don't know how much money West Virginia was yanking for the, from them, from BlackRock Investment Fund, but I'm so glad. And I hope others will follow and uh, not do business because, again, he'll sell his soul to China like so many of these other um, companies and Wall Street executives and fund managers, um, corporations, uh, politicians, and the consultants out there just sell their soul uh, and sell out our country to the Chinese and make a gazillion dollars, you know, that's great. Hey, we're a free market, open market capitalism. I, I think it's wonderful. But, you know, again, you lose your soul. Um, and to think that you're a traitor uh, against the best country that was ever created, um, I don't know how you sleep at night, but I guess maybe you want a yacht, <laughs> right? Because that's what they're doing. Um you know, speaking of China, we see some weakness in China. They actually cut interest rates this week. So you've got other central banks around the world saying we need to raise rates because of inflation. But the People's Bank of China on Monday actually had a rate cut to try to help out with the economy. They said that they grew at 8.1% last year as far as uh, the gross domestic product. And they were happy about that because it was better than what they had targeted. That's a lie. Uh, We know that China steals and lies and cheats. So whatever uh, that number is, I would definitely wager it's not 8.1%, but lower than that. And, um, you know, we see a lot going on in China this year. I don't know how they got the Olympics uh, that most people don't watch, by the way. Um, But they did. And... um, they also have a real big powwow in November of this year where it looks like they're going to crown Xi Jinping, the uh, dictator, um, 
and the leader of the Communist Party, uh, th- that he would be dictator for life. So that takes them off the page that they've been on uh, the last so many decades. So we'll keep an eye on that. Also, really worried about after the Olympics, what they're going to do with uh, Taiwan, um, you, you know, because of our lack of leadership and, uh, and, and force when needed. Uh, they know that they can get away with it. Uh, so we have a son who's a Marine deployed in Asia, and thank the good Lord himself that he gets to, he'll be, his uh, tour over there will be over, and he'll be home the middle of, um, of February, right before the Olympics end. So, you know, you look at that uh, South and East China Sea and what might go on over there, um, it's scary stuff. So, uh, but, and I bring that up because the geopolitical events that could erupt uh, from China, and we're already seeing it with Russia, uh, could also impact financial markets, uh, depending how it all works out. So there's a company called Penzi Spices. I've never heard of them. Um, I'll never buy anything that uh, that they make, any of their spices, because the CEO of Penzi Spices, which I think there's some over in Montgomery County, uh, renamed the Martin Luther King Jr. Day weekend to be, quote, Republicans are racist weekend. Um, so that was in their recent newsletter. He spent much of his letter praising Black Lives Matter and uh, the movement's actions following the death of George Floyd in 2020 before suggesting that Republicans fantasize about killing black people. So um, Penzi actually wrote in their their, um, uh, newsletter that, remember how Republicans going against a mountain of evidence to the contrary once again lied and said BLM wasn't a peaceful movement. Uh, I don't know. I look at the videotape and you can see the the violence and the uh, burning, uh, you know, the theft. But anyway, you don't want to look at a, the proof of that and know the truth. Um, but he said I- instead, he said that uh, they were called in terrorist citing violence throughout the country, which they are and were, and then raced out to buy a crap load of guns because maybe they were finally going to get their chance to shoot a black person. What a bunch of racists. So um, I say this because um, it's important to know what some of these companies are doing. I mentioned BlackRock. This is Penzi Spices. Um, and many of them are making, you know, uh, very, very poor decisions and losing uh, business in the interim. You had Carhartt. Uh, they're actually getting a pushback because of health decisions that they're forcing on their uh, on their employees. Uh, and they're <laughs> they're really going to pay for that. I, I can almost guarantee that. So, look, let me just give you some good news about the good people out there. The California Highway Patrol has recovered more than $19 million in stolen merchandise after launching task force around the state to curb brazen retail theft. So, um, again, the California Highway Patrol announced that they've been involved in 877 investigations since uh, the task force was created. And the investigation has led to 370 arrests and the recovery of 19 Point seven million dollars. Thank you. Right. Law enforcement that we support out there getting the job, getting it done while these smash and grab people think that it's uh, just a uh, ongoing holiday for them and they can do what they want uh, by stealing money at any or excuse me, uh, products at any time of the day and uh, then reselling them and enriching themselves. And we know that the district attorneys and 
the mayors and all the weak people uh, in some of these areas don't do anything. But here's a great example of uh, law enforcement that um, knows what needs to be done and does it. So congratulations to uh, to those uh, men and women there. Quick break, um, and then when we come back, we'll look at some economic news. Uh, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and on the homepage, our latest white paper, Inflation and Your Retirement, Are You Prepared for Rising Costs? That's been up for some months now. We knew all this stuff was coming. We wanted to give you some good, solid information on inflation its impact, and just some ideas so that you're more knowledgeable and more empowered about that subject that you're hearing about so much uh, these days. Uh, So again, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. It's right on the homepage. Click it. Complimentary download right to uh, your email box. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And also go to Apple Podcast where you can get the show as a podcast if you want to re-listen to it or share it with someone that you know care about. Um, a lot of uh, data this past week on housing. And um, for the most part, it was good. We saw the National Association of Home Builders, the CEO, um, talking that there is absolutely no improvement in the supply chain for home builders. That's not so good, right? And warn that the market is looking into the teeth of a superstorm is the way he put it. Uh, their uh, labor cost has gone up 8% year over year. And now with inflation, interest rates are going up. So th- he said that we are not facing headwinds right now. We're looking into the teeth of that superstorm. According to the National Association of Home Builders release, there's growing concerns about inflation, the ongoing supply chain disruptions, and it snapped a four-month rise in home builder sentiment, even as consumer demand remains strong. So the builders staying pretty positive, but it's a lot of work out there. Of course, they're making really good money, so that's great. And uh, the trades are making uh, really good money. That's great, too. Uh, then we got new home sales, and uh, they ended the year in December in an upbeat note. So um, you saw that... Um, you know, they came in, uh, housing starts came in. Um, I'm sorry if I said new home sales, I meant housing starts. They came in uh, better than expected in the month of December, beating consensus estimates. They came in at 1.7 as far as, um, you know, an annual number. Also, building permits came in better than expected. So for the month of December, you saw um, housing starts fall a little bit. Um, but uh, overall for the year, it was a really good year. And again, they've got these same challenges, materials, labor, you name it. Um, And then you saw that um, existing home sales softened a little bit in December. Uh, They were down 4.6%. But um, this is a supply-demand thing. There's just not, you know, enough inventory all the time uh, for people that are out there. So, you know, existing home sales are up 8.5% in uh, 2021. That's the best housing market uh, as far as overall that we've seen since 2006. So they're getting – it's definitely a seller's market. 
and they continue to get things done. But we did we have seen the 30-year mortgage rate uh, go up from 2.77 to 3.56. Um, so there's uh, this is a, that's according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. So there's still some you know some worries there. Uh, are people going to be priced out of the market because of these higher interest rates? But for for right now, it's it seems to be strong. Um, I'd mentioned earlier in the program about how people want to get out of certain areas because of crime, um, poor leadership, um, just freaks, you know, that kind of thing, and, uh, and, and get someplace where they feel comfortable and safe. Uh, what wasn't good this week was when initial jobless claims came out because they showed that last week's numbers were much worse than what was anticipated. So analysts that were forecasting were looking for about 220,000 new initial job applications. The Labor Department said that they were up to 286,000. That's the wrong direction. So, um, you know, it looks like things are worsening in the jobs market, at least according to that data. Um, So that labor problem, that labor shortage that so many of these uh, businesses um, talk about, it's it doesn't sound like it's improving much. So we're going to, um, in a couple minutes, get our conversation going with Fred Lucas, a White House correspondent, um, chief national affairs correspondent for the Daily Signal and the host of the Right Side of History podcast. We're going to be talking about a new uh, nomination for the Federal Reserve uh, and what she's all about and the impact on the uh, Federal Reserve. Um, don't forget, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and you can uh, click on the homepage where we have our uh, inflation in your retirement. Are you prepared for rising costs white paper? That's there for you. Um, And also, if there's anything you need that we can help you with, well, as far as your financial future, uh, you can, at the very top, it's got a red banner. Uh, You could uh, click for a phone meeting or also an in-person visit if you'd like. Um, We've helped so many uh, listeners over the years, and it's just so, it's such a joy to be able to do that. So uh, feel free to take advantage of that. And uh, we'll be back quickly. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com as a podcast at Apple Podcast. And also, don't forget, you can download the free WFMD uh, app. Uh, so that way you have all of the programming, local sports, business, nationally syndicated, uh, you name it, right literally at the tip of your fingers on your smartphone or uh, or device. Um, joining me this morning, my guest, Mr. Fred Lucas. He's a White House correspondent, also chief national affairs correspondent for The Daily Signal. He's also the host of the Right Side of History podcast. And uh, Fred wrote a really good piece earlier this week uh, titled Biden Taps fossil fuel industry critic for Federal Reserve Post. This is all obviously very important stuff, and we want to make sure that you understand um, kind of what's being proposed and the potential impact that it could have uh, down the road. Good morning, Fred. Hi. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure. Glad Good to morning. have you. I'm glad that you uh, were able to take some time to talk to us. So let's start with uh, kind of the basics for everybody. Um, at the Federal Reserve, this potential post is what 
and uh, you know how important what does it entail um, and, and what type of impact on the Fed could a person have? Okay, uh, yeah, this this nominee uh, Biden put up is uh, Sarah Bloom Raskin. Now, if you recognize her last name Raskin, that's uh, she is the spouse of uh, Congressman Jamie Raskin. Uh, so, so there is some Democratic politics at play here, but uh, but, but to be fair, she has held some some high-ranking positions within the Treasury Department and within the Maryland state government. So, so I'm not, uh, not saying she's not credentialed for this, but uh, she's been nominated to the uh, Federal Reserve Board of Governors. Uh, that's the as the title implies, the, the governing board for the entire National Federal Reserve that sets monetary policy. Uh, now, what she has said uh, multiple times in the past uh, in a New York Times op-ed and speeches and so forth is that the Federal Reserve, which she was not a member of, but she, she believes that the Federal Reserve should uh, advocate and has a, quote, powerful role uh, to play in discouraging investment in oil and gas and coal companies. Uh, she's very much against fossil fuels. Uh, she has like tried to uh, push a green agenda, and um, we, we've seen a little bit of that uh, with Biden appointees in, um, in in things like the, the Treasury Department and and the Federal Reserve, uh, and, and and some other areas on, on the financial sector, uh, or at, uh, actually the Securities and Exchange Commission. So so now now we're seeing it at the Federal Reserve uh, at the highest level. Um, so so this is. I, I actually sort, sort of alarming and, and sort of ties in maybe a little bit with the whole ESG movement. Which again, ESG, you can let people know uh, what that is exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is a uh, yeah, acronyms of the words. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, environment and social and governance. That's the movement uh, among the left that's trying to push investors to uh, only uh, invest in environmentally for what they consider environmentally friendly companies that have a that stand for social justice and with governance that uh, governance mean board members CEOs who are uh, socially conscious about what what usually typically what's what the left considers important yeah so um, like you were mentioning she's uh, she's got some uh, or she's had exposure uh, in politics she was uh, the uh, uh, deputy secretary of the Treasury, De- Treasury Department under uh, or during the Obama, uh, Obama administration. Um, right. She worked in uh, Maryland. She was the state commissioner of financial regulation um, under O'Malley. Uh, and then you mentioned her husband's a congressman um, in uh, in Montgomery County, Maryland. So um, we kind of when we were talking about this uh, position at the Federal Reserve, uh, kind of thinking about that green agenda. And, and again, she's very open about this. She's written about it, spoken about it. Um, how would uh, her position at the Federal Reserve, uh, what type of uh, sway would they have with uh, these banks as far as what to do and what not to do? Well, uh, there, there's a certain uh, level of, um, not your policy first and foremost, but there's a certain level of regulatory pressure that they can put on banks, and and this is what she has uh, uh, really advocated for doing. She said, as, as a private citizen, uh, primarily, she uh, wrote this op-ed saying that the Federal Reserve should put uh, government pressure uh, or bring, bring federal pressure to bear on banks in terms of doing business with these uh, fossil fuel companies. Uh, so, so, so this is something that uh, uh, she she thinks that the you know. That the federal government or the federal reserve, I should say, should have this activist role in trying to um, 
uh, you know, put, put fossil fuel companies in sort of a precarious position. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, we've seen this. We see it with uh, Janet Yellen and her um, comments. They're very obvious as a Treasury uh, secretary. And, uh, of course, the current uh, Department of Energy secretary, who's under some scrutiny herself, um, has made those comments as well. Um, and if all of a sudden we have the Federal Reserve, which is supposed to be independent, unbiased as far as what they do and what they suggest and, and what they support uh, politically. I mean, they have two jobs at the Federal Reserve. One is maximize employment. Two is price stability um, as far as inflation. And we've seen they've already uh, missed that pitch uh you know, as far as inflation and they're playing catch up, um, it doesn't seem like they really need to be taking time to uh, to kind of behave in this activist role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they're uh, trying to become the green police <laughs> in some way is uh, is not. Uh, that, yeah, that that doesn't really seem like it's going to be. Uh, I, I can't handle their, what's on their plate already in terms of basic inflation, and and I, I think we're not going to get positive results from that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, this, this is something that it's not really a surprise, I don't think. It has been building. Uh, Senator Pat Toomey, uh, who's the ranking member on the Senate Banking Committee that, that's going to have oversight on this, is going to have a lot of questions about this at the confirmation hearing, as, as I think a lot of uh, Republicans uh, on that committee will. Uh, so, so it will be an interesting hearing to watch. Uh, uh, Biden nominated two other um, uh folks for the uh, Federal Reserve Governing Board uh, that are generally not all that controversial. But uh, but uh, Raskin, R- Raskin definitely steps, uh, stands out. I mean, she has, like, not been, you know, she's transparent about her views. So, uh, um, I mean, you can't say she's been hiding her views or anything like that. Uh, I, I, I guess it could be a situation where maybe she didn't anticipate she might be in a position to have to defend those views. Because uh, we've seen a lot of that in, in the Biden administration with their nominees for the Justice Department, and they've had to sort of walk back or explain what they really meant when they wrote or said something in the past. But uh, um, in this case, we, we do have uh, she's definitely a Washington insider, um, married to the congressman who led the second Trump impeachment, and is is very much a um, has a has a recent book out, uh, has gotten a lot of. Uh, Auditory media coverage uh, for his agenda in the past. So, so this is kind of a, a Washington power couple, and I think it's kind of a, a Washington insider story as well. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. We're going to squeeze in a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with my guest, Mr. Fred Lucas, the White House correspondent and chief national affairs correspondent for The Daily Signal. He's also the co-host of the Right Side of History podcast, and we'll let you know um, how to uh, find that and listen to it as well. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast at uh, Apple Podcasts, you can find it there. Uh, Wrapping up our conversation with my guest this morning, Mr. Fred Lucas. He's a White House correspondent and chief national affairs correspondent for The Daily Signal. He's also the co-host of the Right Side of History podcast. And uh, he's written a really good piece uh, that you can find at The Daily Signal. Um, it's titled uh, Biden Taps Fossil Fuel Industry Critic for Federal Reserve Post. Um, so, um, Fred, you know, in, 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 you know, we were talking right before the break about your uh, your podcast. Uh, how do people find that podcast? Oh, uh, it's on um, Apple iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, yeah, mo- most platforms uh, oh. that are out there that you can find out right side of history. I uh, also I recommend folks listen to the Daily Signal podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we have you, uh, or I should say, a lot of your colleagues on um, uh, that write uh, pieces at Daily Signal, and of course, um, uh, do work at the uh, Heritage Foundation. So, um, definitely encourage people to sign up for uh, the Daily Signal Daily Newsletter. Uh, it's free, and there's a ton of good information. So we see this uh, obviously this push with um, you know the, the whole climate thing that uh, that people are talking about. Um, and this uh, lady, Miss Haskins, uh, Raskin, excuse me, you know, is part of that. Um, you know, what do you, what type of pushback do you think we're going to get? Oh, what kind of pushback for, for this nomination? Yeah, for her nomination and confirmation potentially. Well, I, I think we're going to get a lot of uh, questions from Republican members of the Senate committee on this. But, um, uh, but I, I also think. Uh, I also think we we might get some um, pushback from uh, from the financial industry that, that's going to look at this, and, and from from the oil and gas industry that's going to look at this and see the problems here. Because uh, if you do thrust the reserve into this activist, uh, you know, green agenda role, then it's going to be. I, I think almost anybody can see the, the how that's going to be a, a red light there. So. So from, from that perspective, I, I do think, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you will see some pushback, some opposition to this. I don't know if it's going to be enough to necessarily defeat it. I think uh, it might be a matter where she is, her nomination is uh, probably the the, um, the the membership on the committee is tied. Uh, so, so it might be a party line vote, and we might see someone like uh, Kamala Harris step in to catch a tie-breaking vote. One thing to consider here, though, uh, Joe Manchin is from you know obviously west virginia a a huge uh, fossil fuel state with, with coal there uh he might vote against this nominee yeah great i'm glad you brought that up earlier in the program i was letting everybody know about west virginia state treasurer raleigh moore this week announced that mm-hmm. the state would end the use of block uh, blackrock investment fund obviously the largest uh um, asset management company uh in the world with about 10 trillion dollars saying the same thing you've got you know you've got larry fink coming out trying to of course this is just me uh trying to get in the group if you will and you know make sure that everybody sees and hears what he has to say about certain investments so i thought it was great when the west virginia state treasurer said we're taking our money because that's the only thing they understand um and and i i think that you're right there that potentially Joe Manchin could follow suit and say you're not going to hurt you know our industry and our jobs in the state of West Virginia yeah yeah and and, and then it's something that um, I, I think at a minimum he's going to have a lot of questions uh, the 
bottom line is when you look at Joe Manchin, for the most part, he sticks with the party. I mean, there's been some high-profile cases, obviously, here with the filibuster, with Build Back Better, where he didn't. I, I think he uh, he did block one nominee of Biden early on in the process. I, I know it would be nominee, if I remember correctly. But um, as, a, as a general matter, he, he sticks with the party on the big things. Uh, so, so, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think he's that reliable always necessarily reliable uh, i do think he votes with his state above all else but i think he he might i i don't think anybody should put their eggs in the joe mansion basket if they want to defeat this nomination just simply because i, I think he might have might feel like he's used up a lot of capital with his uh breaking with the party on some big issues yeah and the build back better yeah no i agree that's a good point as well um joining me this morning our guest has been mr fred lucas he's a white house correspondent also chief national affairs correspondent for the daily signal you can catch his uh podcast titled the right side of history at apple Podcasts and the other platforms and uh, he also wrote a book called abuse of power inside the three-year campaign to impeach donald trump uh so you can find that too again his name is fred lucas l-u-c-a-s and fred i appreciate you i know you guys are busy there i appreciate you taking time to to join us and talk about this uh upcoming nomination Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, great. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. And uh, that uh, uh, it's really interesting, the article. Again, if you do the Daily Signal, uh, you get their uh, free daily emails with a bunch of good articles that have been written by those guys. And uh, this one is about the Federal Reserve and, again, these activists who, um, I, you know, I, I'm so sick of the climate change thing. It's just uh, weather issues, really. Um, the climate has always changed and it will always change. Uh, this is a grab for the most part for money and power and control. Uh, we've been saying it for years. Um, still not sure why they won't have a nice open debate with fair people on each side and an honest moderator uh, not swaying the conversation one way or the other like we see in uh, various political debates. Um, actually, I am sure why, because they would lose. They always have in the past. They get waxed. Um, so they don't want that out there. They want to use these activist people. Um, and it's uh, like I said, it's more about power, uh, money, control. Um, that's exactly what we're seeing in these spending bills. So thank the good Lord that that uh, Build Back Better wasn't passed. I wish some of the others hadn't been passed either, including the infrastructure bill, which really isn't about infrastructure. Um, we sure could have used that money for roads, bridges, uh, sewers, uh, water, hydro, dams, you know, you name it. But instead, most of it uh, is going to be wasted, probably over 80 percent of it on other pet projects. Uh, but anyway, check out the Daily Signal. They're great articles. Articles. I love reading them every day, um, and uh, we bring some of them to you here if we uh, if we can, like we just did with Fred Lucas. And uh, that does it for for us today. Uh, go to MurrayFinancialGroup.com, get the latest white paper: Inflation and Your Retirement. Are you prepared for rising costs? Uh, that's a complimentary download. Just go to the homepage at MurrayFinancialGroup.com and click the button, and it goes right to your. Um, right to your email. And I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick. Uh, we talk live at 550, 6.50, every weekday morning. Uh, get a nice business update there. And then I will see you back here uh, next weekend for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. I'm through standing in line. The clubs will never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never going to win this.
this life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom I can play baseball in. And a king size tub big enough for 10 plus me. Yeah, what you need. I need a, a credit card that's got no limit and a big black chair with a bedroom in it. Gonna join the mile high club at 37,000 feet. Been Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 2 o'clock. 